And away we go, hour two on this Halloween edition, the midweek Wednesday. And of course, uh, we're edging closer to another elusive weekend where on Friday night, it's going to get real interesting in town at Roy Thompson Hall. The Monk Debate. This is the biannual affair that always draws big crowds sold out. Just a matter of moments, it seems. And then uh, they also stream it across the planet. And this particular debate uh, involves the person called the architect of Donald Trump's victory to the presidency, Steve Bannon, and David Frum uh, opposing him. So the two in a titanic struggle where the question is the future of politics in the West is populist, not liberal. And uh, Mark Stein has been... uh, one of the participants in a memorable monk debate about 18 months ago, he joins us right now uh, on the line, the international best-selling author and host of the Mark Stein Show. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great, John. All right. It's a shame you won't be here for the debate, but you do fully recall uh, when you were involved, these things can get pretty feisty. Right, right. I was up against uh, Louise Arbour, who uh, the former... Uh, Supreme Court judge in Canada who and who became a big UN honcho and it was quite and it was quite feisty. I will say this for Peter Peter Monk who founded these debates by the way. Peter died um, last year. The last time I saw him was at George Jonas's uh, memorial uh, which Peter a- actually helped uh, organize. Um the idea that the this debate could be canceled between Steve Bannon and David Frum because of what happened at Pittsburgh is absolutely disgusting. Peter Monk would have hated it, uh, the the idea of cancelling this thing, and I certainly hope uh, that uh, his heirs and successors stand firm and ensure this thing goes ahead. Well, you know, that's the intriguing thing to me, because uh, you do have a whole litany of groups from the left, uh, the Council of Canadians, OCAP, uh, the Students' Union of Ontario, and uh, No One Is Illegal, another group that purports mm. that anybody that comes to uh, this country is uh, afforded all the rights of uh, citizenship and so on and so on. So they want to cancel. And Charlie Angus of the NDP, the federal NDP, uh, they support the idea that this ought to be canceled as well. Yeah. And I think there's a bigger story here than, I mean, just this one-off, the idea that, you know, you can impose uh, a point of view you think you've got the moral high ground on. Uh, don't you see that as a dangerous development? Yes, I do. I'm always disturbed, by the way, uh, that when we have these violent acts, uh, like what happened at that Pittsburgh synagogue, increasingly the, the, the response to more violence is to demand less speech. That's to get it absolutely backwards, because the less speech you have, the more you incentivize violence. Because if you say to people, you can't say this, you can't talk about this, you can't discuss this, you can't mention it, There's nothing to do except grab a gun and go shoot a place up or plant a bomb and blow something up. Peter Monk, uh, by by the way, I I can't claim to have known Peter well, but he was one of the great Canadians of our time. Peter came from a uh, Hungarian Jewish family, in fact, from a uh, long line of rabbis. His mother was in Auschwitz. Um, So he knows the difference uh, between real hate and and these poser opportunist NDP types denouncing the participation of Steve Bannon, who is not the guy who's building the next Auschwitz. He's just a guy who happened to work for Trump, and that's why. Uh, and what's her name? Andrea Horwath. Uh, Horvath. The, uh, yeah, who's the uh, I gather is uh, the uh, leader of uh, the opposition in Ontario. Right. She talks about these people spewing hate, spewing hate. Uh, that's that's how she reacted in the Globe and Mail. 
and I say this with respect, but when you talk about people with whom you have policy differences uh, as spewing, spewing means to vomit, to disgorge forth. So when you talk about someone who wants to uh, make a speech about something you disagree with as spewing, spewing hate, this is the this is the way they talk all the time. You should think very carefully about what you're saying because you're the one actually who's dehumanizing your political opponent here. Uh, and if you're the one who who keeps talking about spewing hate, spewing hate, spewing hate, she she uses the expression twice in a two sentence soundbite in the uh, Globe and Mail. Maybe you're the hater if you're dehumanizing people with whom you disagree like this. Well, it's interesting because, uh, you know, it was just a couple of days ago in the legislature, she was talking about, quote, putting the boot on the throat of Doug Ford uh, Mm. until he's kicked out of office. You know, I mean, this is, again, very uncivil, (laughs) the type (laughs) of rhetoric that gets ratcheted up and ultimately uh, pinned on the right or conservatives or Donald Trump in the instance of uh, the situation in Pittsburgh. But, you know, I'm I'm kind of... But, you know, know something, there's no connection between... Uh, between what you, if, even if you take it on the, this, uh, uh, the leader of uh, the opposition's terms, uh, that this is hate speech, which is not a category I recognize. But there's no connection between speech and violent acts. The Weimar Republic led to the rise of Hitler. How did that happen? I testified at the House of Commons in Ottawa about this because some twit of an MP brought it up. No nothings who assume that because it sounds as if it makes sense, it must be true, that violent speech leads to violent acts. Uh, The the Weimar Republic actually had, it was a proto-Canada. It was like Canada. It was like Wilfrid Laurier University in its speech laws. The Nazis were prosecuted 200 times for being in breach of its speech laws. Hitler was banned from speaking in Bavaria. And wow, that really did a great job, didn't it? It made Hitler a victim, it made the Nazis a victim, and it increased their support. Uh, Free societies do not recoil from debate. And this idea that there is a connection between between vigorous speech, between Steve Bannon speaking to... I I spoke to that crowd. They're upscale Toronto liberals. The idea that they're going to bust out of that place because they've heard a speech by me or Steve Bannon and go and torch Rosedale is completely (laughs) preposterous. Mark Stein is with us, international best-selling author and host of The Mark Stein Show. The other thing that I can't reconcile, maybe you can help me here, you know, uh, the left... Uh, they're in favor of the BDS movement, boycott, divest, and sanction of Israel to delegitimize Israel. And yet uh, everybody on the right is accused of, I guess, fomenting the hatred towards the Jews. I mean, how do you square that circle? Well, well, the uh, Laura Rosen Cohen, who's a Canadian friend of mine, she, she likes to say that, uh, you know, whether it's Islam or the left or the uh, kind of old uh, neo-Nazi right or whatever you want to call them, they all meet at Jew hate junction, as she puts it. <laughs> and if you were ranking those in order, uh, it's not very difficult. I would put it like uh, uh, the Islamic communities in France, for example, uh, the friction between them and the Jews is fierce and real, and it has led to dead people. It has led to some of the most hideous atrocities in Toulouse, in Paris, uh, all over uh, the French Republic. Uh, If you want to rank it second, then it's the left. The left is increasingly openly anti-Semitic. 
Uh, for example, uh, the leader of Her Majesty's loyal opposition at Westminster, Jeremy Corbyn, and the increasingly openly anti-Semitic Labour Party. And the sort of skinhead right, as it were, comes a very distant third place in that. Uh, the, the, the secular left is actually much more hostile, not just to Israel, but to Jews in general, uh, than, uh, than uh, as I said, that's, that's not a difficult ranking. In, certainly in Europe, Islam is the biggest problem for Jews, and then the left-wing parties are the number two problem for Jews. And mm. the right comes a very distant third. Uh, just simply the the world change. It may this maybe is news to Andrea and all these other people. But you know something: the world changes. It doesn't. It doesn't ch- uh, always stay the same. Things shift, and that's why it's interesting to listen to David Frum and Steve Bannon talk about it. Because when things change, it's nice to hear different perspectives rather than just mouthing stale cliches like these ghastly NDP guys are doing. You know, in Jew Hate Junction, that's not a town in Vermont, then, on, on your way to New Hampshire, down the 89. I wondered if, oh, no, that's White it's, River Junction. I'm apologizing. Yeah, no, 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 it's not Jew Hate Junction. It's, I'm not sure there are, there's not that a lot of Jews in Vermont. There's uh, Bernie Sanders, and I don't think he's enough to sustain uh, Jew Hate Junction all on his own. I got gotcha. uh, you. You need more than that. Let me ask you, though, the uh, premise of the debate on Friday, the future of politics in the West is populist, not liberal. Obviously, Bannon will say it is. And uh, we've seen, look, the election of Doug Ford in the province of Ontario, and uh, certainly in Europe, a lot of populist leaders have been elected. Frum's going to say it's liberalism. Uh, what do you say? Yeah, I think that's true. I think, generally speaking, in in most parts of the Western world, uh, the the political class got detached from the base. Uh, and when that happens, uh, it's much easier for the base to get itself a new elite than for the elite to get itself a new base. So if you were like the Trump voters in 2016, you switch on the, uh, the TV and the Democrats are talking about niche boutique demographics you've never even heard of, like, uh, you know, all transgender bathrooms, intersexuals, whatever. You've never met an intersexual. You've no idea what they're talking about, but they're not talking about you. And then you look at the, 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 the right, the uh, Republican mainstream. They're talking about how we need boots on the ground in Chad or Yemen or Mali or whatever the hell it was that Lindsey Graham wanted to invade that week. And this is nothing to do with how you live. Uh, that's exactly the same thing uh, we've seen in Britain, parts of Europe, and not all of, but parts of Canada, including uh, the two biggest provinces. So this phenomenon is real, and it's happened because the political class uh, uh, got out of step with where the people uh, in the uh, in in various parts of the Western world are. Well summarized, uh, in a way, that's a, a prelude to the big debate on uh, on Friday, and uh, we'll have more to say. Well, you know, I yeah, well, if if they do cancel it, yeah, uh, you and I could do it, for, right? Uh, for, we, we'll 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 uh, we'll do it around the back of that Irish bar. You like? Uh, we'll be in the back room there. We'll do it. Never. If they cancel it, we'll do it for twenty minutes in the back of that Irish pub. Twenty minutes? No, uh, we'll need the better part of an afternoon. But I'll, I'll look forward to it if it comes to that. Mark, it's always a pleasure. We'll talk again real soon. Thanks a lot, John. Mark Stein, international best-selling author, host of The Mark Stein Show. Coming up on The Oakley Show, our panel and topics worthy of discussion next at Global News Radio 640 Toronto.